Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Great. Well, it's my absolute pleasure um, this morning to, to welcome Andy. Andy Kennedy is a uh, is, is a part of the YWAM, Youth with a Mission, based in Nuneaton, the King's Lodge in Nuneaton. I'm sure he'll share a bit about himself in a few whiles. But why don't we welcome Andy to the stage. He shares some message about Easter today. Come on, let's welcome him. Thank you, Andy. Oh, that's working, is it? Can you hear me loud and clear? Can you understand me? I, I'm, from a, I'm from quite far north. I'm, I'm from Bonnie, Scotland. Anyone else? Um, be, anyone been to Scotland? Yeah, it's a, kind of a bit hillier than here, you know. I've, I've, I've been living in the Midlands, been married to Catherine almost is it 16 years, 15 years, and... Um, so I, I moved down from, from Glasgow. I wasn't born in Scotland. I, I was born when I was very young in, in Africa. I was born in the Congo. Uh, if I had time on another time, I could tell you lots of stories of snakes and soldier ants and animals, wild animals, because I lived right on the edge of the jungle. And um, me, me and my two sisters, and I've got an identical an identical twin brother. He looks like me, sounds like me, I'm told. And um, we all grew up there. My dad was a doctor, um, wanting just to help people. He was an eye surgeon. And he just, he did, he, for 20 years, he was there in the middle of the Congo, just serving and helping people, you know, with simple, you know, well, fairly simple operations. I saw him do quite a few, I remember, as, as a youngster. So anyway, there we go, little bits of my stories. It's nice to be here with Catherine, Noah, and Grace. We, we love being a family, serving Jesus together, knowing Jesus together. It, it's a family affair. Uh, and my passion is that England, Scotland, whatever, our, our families will be the base of knowing God and making Him known. It's got to start in our family um, places, is that right? Whatever the family looks like, the family is in all sorts of different shapes and, and configurations and sizes these days. So, um, so I, 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 I go way back quite a few years with these guys when you were, wait, before you were married? Even before these guys were married? Uh, and I remember I first heard about this church, this community of God's people, Jesus followers, when, when you guys felt God calling you. Uh, even further south in Coventry. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing, you know, to Lewington. And um, actually, we had some other friends. We, we, we knew a, a lovely family that were helping in the Baptist church and, and wherever. We've got, we got some great friends here. Wow, what a welcome here this morning, you know. We, we drove up, and it was just perfect. The chicken crossed the road right in front of us. And we instantly thought, so, that is perfect, you know. Why did the chicken cross the road, you know? And, with all those, all those conversations coming through. So why did the chicken cross the road? 
I don't know, to come to Life Community Church because there's such a welcome here. What a welcome we felt. So, so not just from the chicken. The chicken gave us a great welcome, but, but lots of you um, have as well. We'll look forward to, to speaking and get to know you more. Do you know, I'm going to the dentist quite soon. He's going to be very pleased because he is into flossing. Dentists are into flossing. So I've been okay this morning. My, my candy floss, I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't mention the candy bit. I'll say, I, do you know, I did my flossing quite recently, you know? And it's, and it's all good. It's all healthy, I think. So there we go. Um, right, let's get all my bits together. I'm getting a little bit older. I've got to have my reading glasses now. Any good readers? Anybody can help me occasionally this morning? Who can help me? I've got some magic tricks. Who wants to help me with the old magic trick? Is that right? I've got at least four, so you have to count them, uh, and maybe there's a fifth if, if I feel that that's right as well. Hey, a few thoughts that I've had um, on Easter weekend and this amazing day. Thank you, young man. What, what is your name? Cameron. Correct. Well done. So you can st stay there at the moment, Cameron, and you can help me with a Scottish name like that. You can help me very, very soon. Excellent. Hey, can you say this after me? This Resurrection Day changes everything. Can you say that once more to someone else beside you? This Resurrection Day changes everything. It's absolutely right. This day, if it really did happen, all those almost 2,000 years ago, oh, the implications are amazing. Hey, we know that a Jesus of Nazareth died. We know that. I'm a student of history. I went and studied history at university. I love history. How do you know what is true, what is real, what really happened? We know Jesus of Nazareth really died. And the strange thing, if you read the Gospels, is that he seemed to know he was going to die. I mean, it just didn't happen by accident. It wasn't just because of angry people, and that was involved. But he seemed to be on this course, you know, for three years. He knew, he, he was like, he set his face to, to what was going to happen. It's like he was born to die. It's like that little baby born in the manger that we celebrate Christmas grew up to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And that pointed to the sacrifice system. And let's get a little visual aid to help us here. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Leanne, for helping with this one. Noah, my man, do you want to come and help this part of it? You can help be the taller table. Now, it's, it's actually quite interesting. Jesus chooses a, a feast to, to actually act out what happens to him. Does anyone know what the feast is called? I mean, the nation has gathered in the capital city of Jerusalem. What was it called? Passover. Jesus, I, I don't think it was accident, as the backdrop to what he's about to do, he chooses Passover. He, he chooses it on purpose. What was Passover all about? Anyone know anything about Passover? They, they, they celebrated with the bread and the wine. Jesus puts new meaning to it. He goes into this upper room, and um, an animal was killed for Passover. What, what, was, what was the animal? It was a lamb. And if you go way back to the story of when the people came out of Egypt, okay, and, and they, they, what were they doing in Egypt, young people? What were they doing? What were they doing, youngsters? 
What were they doing in Egypt? Was it a holiday camp? No, it was, they were slaves. They didn't like it. They were, they were, they didn't have freedom. It was the opposite of freedom. Is that right? Opposite of freedom. And it was almost like Jesus chooses this, this celebration of freedom. When the people came out of slavery into new life, new hope, new possibilities. And they turned their back on all that Egypt meant. Cameron, why don't you come and help me? Come and put some of this yucky stuff in this, right? Come and, and um, you okay? Just put, it, just put some yucky stuff. Tip it right up and squeeze it just a little bit here. A little bit more. I think, I think you can do a little bit more, okay? No expense spared. Oh, that, that's probably enough. Perfect. That, no, that's great. Now, I know it looks a bit like wine, and I'm sure you don't drink wine, but would you like to drink that? No, no, I, I don't blame you. It's really disgusting stuff. There's no secret to what this is. It's called iodine. And, and I know they use it in first aid or used to, whatever, if you've got a cut or a bruise on your skin. But this is disgusting stuff if you were to drink it. And I think Jesus, when he celebrated Passover, knew that the old was disgusting. Slavery was disgusting, right? But they were getting freed and set free by, by um, what, what God was doing through Moses and whatever. And, of course, the blood of the lamb, what happened to the blood of the lamb? It was smeared over all the entry points of that family's life. Is that right? The windows, the doors. And, and when the angel of death passed over and saw the, the, the blood, then, then they were saved. And if they, if they saw no blood, then, then, then there was no salvation. Pretty hard. Now, Cameron, why don't you hold on to that? Don't drink it. Okay. So Jesus chooses this celebration of Passover, and he knew what he was about to do. He went to this horrible, horrible death, didn't he? And um, oh, do you want to hold the glass up really high? Hold it really high. And take that hand away there. Try and see if you can turn around so everyone can see through the glass. Can everyone see through the fingers? Everyone see through the fingers. What happens there as the cross comes to bear? Big hand for Cameron. So the cross, Cameron, and, and, and all of us here, becomes a symbol of freedom. Freedom from the old life and a, a gateway into something new. Some people have looked at it like, where Jesus' arms were outstretched on, on the horizontal bit, it looks like a bridge. And Jesus becomes a bridge where you and I can now cross over and be with Father, be with Daddy God. Jesus called his Father Daddy. I mean, they, 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 Jesus confused people. You know, he really confused people, you know. Uh, and those who believed this, he was the, the promised king, the Messiah. Can you say Messiah. Messiah was a very special word for the Jews, the one who would set them free. The one who the Passover did point to, they didn't see it in Jesus. He'd come into Jerusalem riding on a horse. You would expect the king to come in a horse, a white stallion, and, and, and in triumph. But he comes weeping. He weeps for the city as he sees it. He comes humbly, not on a horse, but on a On a donkey. On the foal of a donkey, not ridden at all. It confused people. 
Hosanna. But are you going to save us? This is not the way to do it. But Jesus was thinking even more radical than us. Do you know Jesus kept saying, your kingdom come. Everybody say, your kingdom come. You will be done. That, that was, he taught us how to pray. As it is on earth, as it is in. He, he was bringing heaven down to earth. Oh, Jesus, but I, you answered that prayer by dying? Your kingdom come through a death. Thanks, Cameron. You might even come back later. Big hand for Cameron there. I, I, actually, no, you haven't gone away. So let's hold up this one here. One more visual aid on this one. So show up. And what is, what is that word? What's that word that Cameron's trying to hide so well? Can you see the word there? So make sure they all see it. Hold on to it tightly, but don't drop it. Whoa. What does that word say? Sin. And sin, of course, is, huh, what is it? All that yuckiness. The selfishness in my heart and your heart. Hands up if you've ever been selfish. Hands up if you've ever wished you didn't say what you just said and you could take it back or that feeling, whatever. But you know, sin isn't just your personal, my individual thing. That's important. Jesus came to set me free from that. But it's also the sin that's in the world, the oppression, the injustice. Is that right? Those slaveries that, 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 that Egypt point to. But you know, Cameron, we've got to watch out because if we keep going our way, if we keep doing our thing, we say, oh, it's okay, we can play with that. Youth, any teenagers here, you know, oh, we can play with sin. We can play with sin and think we're in charge of it. But you know, it's a, it's a hard taskmaster. And look, it will turn everything upside down and actually pull on that. It became, you want to take that bottle, take the bottle, pull on it. It becomes a snare becomes a trap for us. It becomes a trap. That's right. And it looks so easy and whatever. And Jesus, he, ta he takes sin. Do you want to take it again, Cameron? Take the bottle. He, and he pushed right in through it. He pushed right in through it and came out the other end. And he's able to set us free. Whoa, Cameron, you can go and sit down now. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Hey, some of the, the most famous words in the Bible, and this man, a religious man, are you a religious person? Nicodemus was, he was a, a religious leader of the Jews, and I don't think he got Jesus either. What's he about? He's not fitting all the models of my expectations. What's he doing? And Jesus meets this man secretly. He says some of the most amazing words in the Bible. John 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse Maybe you've heard it before. You see it on buses and, and billboards, don't you? For, let's say it all together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, now remember, who is speaking these words? These are not just a nice thing to remember. This is Jesus speaking. This is autobiographical. This is, this is him. Say it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not, shouldn't be lost, but have everlasting world. And he, he goes on to say, I, I haven't come into the world to condemn the world. I love that. Go and read it this afternoon, John chapter 3, find a Bible. John chapter 3, 
I haven't come into this world to condemn it, but to save it and to set it free to all it was meant to be. And I'm the, the one that's going to lead us out into freedom and, and whatever. Hey, look. We've started at the cross, and that's great. Say this. The cross is amazing. The cross is amazing. But the resurrection is better. The resurrection is better, much better. The cross says it all. We've sung, we've sung some great things about the cross and what Jesus done there. But without the resurrection, let's all go home. Um, I've written these words from, oh, I'm going to try without my reading glasses, um, from 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith, Dave, is worthless. As we were singing that song, oh, happy what a great name. You've got Dave. It almost sounded like Dave. Oh, happy Dave. I, mean, I just couldn't get oh, happy Dave out of my head as I was standing next to you singing. I thought, I would love to be called Dave. Oh, happy Dave, you know. You know? And, um, but, but here it says, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless. And you're still in your sins. We might as well go home. Is that right? But actually, Jesus has come alive again. Jesus come alive again. Or has he? Who moved the stone? Who moved the stone is probably one of the biggest questions. And I brought this along. This, this book is called Who Moved the Stone by Frank Morrison. Would anyone like it? Would anyone like to read a lawyer's account of... of, of, of the proof of the resurrection. He, he, he's not a believer. He sets out to, to, to write a case against the empty tomb. And he ends up coming to believe in Jesus. And, and he's, he's, he's a high court lawyer. He knows his stuff. It's an amazing book. Would anyone like it? Would anyone like it? I thought it might be you. I thought it might be you. I, I really, I'm not just saying that. There we go. Who moved the stone? Whoa. By Frank Morrison. Who did it? Was his body stolen? They've never found a body. No one came forward with a body. That would have wiped out the movement straight away if a dead body had been found. Uh, and the soldiers, you know, they had an account, went and told the, the, the chief priests. And they said, oh, an angel came. There was an earthquake. Earthquake, okay. Earthquake number two in this story. When was the first earthquake in Easter weekend? When was the first earthquake in the story? When he died, there was an earthquake. And, and oh, there's some amazing things that says it happened. It said other dead rose. It, it's incredible stuff. The darkness came on the land for hours. Just as Jesus was dying, there was an earthquake. And in the temple, this, this important place of, of religion, it, there in the middle of Jerusalem, what happened in the temple? A curtain, yeah, what happened to it? The curtain tore from top to bottom. Do you know how, th how thick or thin that curtain was, young lady? Do you know it was thicker than my fist? This wasn't just like your living room, bedroom curtain. This was a really, it was a massive curtain and it just tore from top to bottom on the holy place. And it was like God was saying, the death's happened. Now anybody can come. 
into the holy of holies, the secret place. The way is open for anyone now. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to make yourself good enough. Now, a sacrifice has happened that is going to change history forever. And you can enter in, into as much intimacy as you want. Come as close as you want. How close do you want to come? How close do you dare? It's a really good question. Did the resurrection happen? Well, we certainly know that this pure, spotless Lamb of God was hurt by angry men. And Joseph, a rich man, gave his tomb. And we know that um, he was put in there by, by some of his loved ones. and They hurriedly put on some ointments and aloes and whatever. And, um, and then what happened? What did happen? What happened three days later? There was another earthquake. Angels appeared. The soldiers were scared out of their wits because they, they were going to be killed now because their job was failed. They were scared out of their wits. But what do Christians believe? Count to three. One, two, three. There was no body. They didn't find a body there at all. I love this, ladies. It was the ladies who got to the tomb first to see it. Don't you like that, ladies? In a day when, when actually the witness of ladies wasn't seen as that important. In a court of law, it, it wasn't the woman's testimony that was allowed. And God chooses the testimony of women to spread this amazing news. So when they go to the disciples, Peter and the others, they go, nonsense. They go, nonsense. They did not believe. Why would we believe these women anyway? Maybe they were still thinking the old way. And then it goes, Peter, but Peter ran. And then he was overtaken, and, and they, he and one, one of the other disciples get in there. What happened? Was the body stolen? No body was ever found. But these scared, frightened men and women discovered something that turned the world upside down. And over the next few weeks, they met Jesus. They met Jesus, alive and well. And he comes to all sorts of people, to doubting Thomas. Are you like Thomas? A bit like me sometimes? Jesus comes to me this resurrection day. Does he come to you in your doubts? He doesn't condemn you. He just loves you in them. And he comes and says, Thomas, look and see. Experience for yourself. They were afraid. They were, they were, they were afraid. And, uh, and he comes and says, peace. Are you afraid today? Got some fears then the resurrection Jesus today says to you, let my shalom peace in. Let my peace in. Let my love in that will chase out fear. Is that right? Don't be afraid. Let his love for you and this world chase fear away from you. Oh, are you? Are you like some of the other disciples? Peter, <laughs> I filled it. There's no way back for me. I blew it. I blew it. My big mouth. Have you got a big mouth like Peter? Actually, it's because you've got a big heart. But have you blown it? Do you need the resurrection Jesus to say to you, Peter, I love you. Do you love me? That's not a soppy love. The word agape is, do you love me? Do you really? Are you committed to me? Are you? Do you need to say that to the risen Jesus again this morning? So Jesus either was a lunatic a liar, a crazy guy, he never came out from the dead, or he proved everything he said and ever did was true because he did come back. And you know what? 
people are still meeting him today. People are still meeting him today. Okay? Many people see him in dreams. It's often people from Muslim backgrounds because God loves them so much. And they're more, more God-fearing than I am. So Jesus wants to turn up and say, I'm alive. I love you all over the world. I've got lots of Egyptian friends. We won't read about this in the news, the six o'clock news or whatever. But you know what? Even in the last few years, eight million Egyptians have come to faith in Jesus who had no Christian background, no, no previous background. These are people from other faiths. Other, they are meeting Jesus, eight million. We'll never hear about that in the news right now, you know, on our TVs and newspapers. But that is a fact. My friends is back from a 12,000 people prayer meeting in the desert of Egypt just about three weeks ago, two, two or three weeks ago. Something is happening in Egypt. I wish my friend Bob, we know a guy called Bob, he's from a, a Sikh background, I believe. Do you know, he met Jesus over in Nuneaton. Jesus appeared to him in his bedroom a few times. His wife had been praying for him for about five years. She had him, and, and Bob was healed. Jesus met him by his bedside. So when Bob told me the story, stories of meeting Jesus, he said, Andy, Andy, how many times have you met the risen Jesus? Have you, how many times have you seen Jesus? And I went, none. I haven't with my physical eyes. I, I, I hold on to that verse in the Bible that says, though I haven't seen him, yet I have a joy unspeakable inside. I believe that I believe. I know that I know because something happened in my spirit, in my whatever. But Bob saw Jesus and Bob was so surprised. Andy, how long, how long have you been following Jesus? Oh, just about 30 years. Oh, and you've never seen him. He was just so surprised, you know, because he'd seen him a few times. And he's only known Jesus a few weeks at the time, a few months. It does happen today. Those who seek him are really, really finding him. Whoa, do you know, I'm always going to do some of that. It is just, is that okay? I'll never be invited back. <laughs> never, ever going to be invited back. Just with time, you know. Jesus is known as the Word of God. This is the Bible, which we call the Word of God. But because Jesus is alive, oh, the, this book that is being distributed by his followers is alive. It's living. It's alive. It's a dangerous book. Some parts of the world, if you own this book, you can be arrested. In, in fact, there's a nation of the world, if you give this book to someone else, it's so subversive and challenging and dangerous you could probably be killed for being a follower of it. This book is on fire. This book, this book will change you. This day has changed everything. Can you say that? Resurrection day changes everything. And, and, and Jesus appears to people. Something new happens. Hope stirs up in them. Children, I, I feel God gave me something for you guys to take on board. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you. Children, the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. And Jesus, the king of the kingdom, is alive and well. He's not dead. He's alive, still giving you the kingdom, still saying, will you follow me? Children, will you follow me? Um, if I follow him, it's like half a person because I've only got half of my life left. 
If you, if you give your lives to him, it's like a whole person because you've got your whole life ahead. Young people, will you give your whole life to Jesus and let him set you on fire? Jesus, the one who fills you with Holy Spirit and fire and gives you this living, alive word to tell the rest of the world. And moms and dads, we don't, we don't miss out. Will you and I meet the resurrection? And like the two on the road to Emmaus, whose hearts were strangely warmed, would you let your heart be strangely warmed this morning? Dave asked whether we're going to need any fire drill. Maybe we're getting closer to needing that right now, you know. But I hope God sets your heart on fire, sets my heart on fire, because England needs it. Scotland needs it. He ne it needs the hope that only the resurrection news has brought. Here's my last scripture that's on my heart. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound with or in hope. This is the day of hope. This is the day of hope that changes everything. Changes nations, societies, families, your life from the youngest to the oldest here. And he calls you and I to obedience. Will you accept the call to obedience of this one who has changed everything? Come and obey him. Come and meet him. Come and know him. And let's keep knowing him more and more. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.